As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Work From Your Happy Place, the podcast that equips you with the tools, know-how, and motivation to live your dreams and find your happy place. Be sure to sign up for our free weekly newsletter for a recap of the week's guests and a preview of what's in store. To sign up, simply text the word happy place with no space to 33444. Now, it's my pleasure to introduce the host of Work From Your Happy Place, Belinda Ellsworth. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Work From Your Happy Place. We've got a powerful show for you today. I'm so excited about our guest. I have Casey Cease with me today. When Casey was in high school on his way home from a night out, he accidentally struck his friend with his vehicle, which instantly took his friend's life. This tragedy led Casey to discover truth. Casey Cease is the founder and CEO of Lucid Books. As an author, pastor, and speaker who has published his own book, Casey knows firsthand the importance of partnering with a team of experts to edit, publish, and market your book. He started Lucid Books 10 years ago with the goal of putting together a skilled team passionate to help authors share their vision with the world. Casey is responsible for the vision, leadership, and team development, strategic partnership, and long-term growth planning at Lucid. It's my pleasure to welcome Casey Cease. Hi, Belinda. It's so great to be on your show today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, great. Well, it's my pleasure indeed. So why don't you just take a few minutes and uh, give people like th that was a there's a long journey here, I'm sure, from that, yes. that night in high school <laughs> yes. to today. But just like kind of fill us in a little bit about that journey and then, you know, a little bit more about what you do today. Excellent. Yeah, no, I'm glad to do that. I, um, you know, I was in the car crash when I was 17 years old, and there's a lot of events that built up to that day. Uh, struggled with anxiety and depression, got into partying pretty heavily with alcohol leading up to that point. And so on that night, as I left my own house, I was hosting a party, I decided to come home, and a friend of mine thought I was going to hurt myself. His name was John, and so he was waiting out in the street uh, for me to come back to try to stop me. And unfortunately, I didn't see him in time, and, and I, uh, his body rolled up the hood of my car and smashed through my my windshield. It came through so hard that it blew the airbags out and bent the steering wheel back. And I, I was knocked out and the car lost control and I ended up in some trees. And so from that moment when I woke up and I began to realize what had happened, things just seemed to be falling apart all around me. And 
so I, you know, went to the hospital and uh, a, a unique and important thing happened a few days later in that journey. Uh, my friend's parents came to see me in the hospital and they came and said, Casey, we want you to know that we are Christians and that we forgive you and that we don't want you to hurt yourself. And we don't believe that John would want you to hurt yourself either. And so that was a key moment for me. I didn't understand what they were talking about. I had grown up going to church on and off, but I, I would not say that I had a personal relationship with Jesus by any means. And so as an agnostic, that was really weird for me. And so over the, the next course of the next year, I finished high school. And towards the end of my senior year of high school, I heard a preacher uh, preaching from John chapter five, where Jesus asks a paralytic or an invalid if he wanted to be well. And the preacher asked that the audience, do you want to be well? And he said, Jesus can make you well. And I remember in that moment, my soul was just like, yes, I believe that. And so that started changing things. I graduated high school a few weeks later, a few months later. And then I started speaking as a result of my car crash. I was talking to teenagers about the importance of making right, uh, good choices and, and the effect that their choices of today can have on tomorrow. And so I was on the front page of the Houston Chronicle a few times and I ended up a month, a year later, um, being on the front page of the, the paper again as a follow-up story. And I began speaking a year or two later, I was asked to be an intern at our youth group at the church I was attending. And so I got involved with ministry at that point. And so fast forward, I, uh, the, the irony is thick, to be honest with you, that I am a publisher or an author. I was diagnosed when I was 22 with ADHD and dyslexia and uh, began relearning how to read and taking some medication. And from that point, I began, I began to, to really love learning. And as I was speaking more and more frequently, I got to a point where I was speaking about 120 days a year at various events. More and more people are asking for my story in print form. And so from that, I met with a mentor of mine and he told me about an idea for a publishing house. And so we developed Lucid Books in 2010. And it started out just as a way for me to figure out how to write books and also to help a few of my friends. But it quickly grew beyond that, opening up doors with well-known people in the Houston, Texas area, like Bum Phillips, the former head coach of the Houston Oilers. We did his story before he passed away and several others. And so from that point, we began to realize, okay, we want to really help people who have something to say, who want to build a platform so that they can be speaking or helping or ministering or growing their business. And so we develop what's called partnership publishing. So we're not self-publishers and we're not traditional publishers, but we partner with authors to draw out their story or their book and then help them think through strategies on how to best get it out there. So then tell us how your business, especially like, so I'm sure that the, the ministry is certainly shaped your lifestyle but even in in today with the with the publishing business how how has your business or life change affected your lifestyle absolutely i think the the core moves from me wanting to help myself to me genuinely wanting to help other people. And so that's consistent with ministry. So the church I pastor, I primarily do it because I believe God's wired me and give me a desire after his own heart to help people. And the same thing with publishing. And so the way I order my life is, you know, asking the question, is this helpful? Is what we're offering, is what we're, what services we're giving, is um, our product helping other people? And uh, if we can't answer yes to that, then we know we need to shift gears and go a different direction. That's a good sort of meter of evaluation, I would say, for sure. 
I agree. And I would also toss in there, Belinda, that we, we also function with a funnometer that uh, that we believe that that God's creation is a gift to, and that we can know him and love him by enjoying his creation as long as uh, we keep that in perspective. And so we also try to have fun in what we do uh, as well and helping authors publish their books and uh, tell their story and, and get their, their information out there. And so uh, definitely want to be helpful and we definitely want to have fun along the way. That is great. Having fun is, I think, key. You know, I had somebody recently say to me, oh my gosh, I've laughed so hard. We were being pretty silly with some friends of mine, and they said, I've laughed so hard today, I needed that. And I just think that we sometimes forget just to be have fun in what we're doing, and it, it really is healthy for the soul. Yeah, absolutely it is. And I think, Belinda, when we start taking ourselves too seriously, uh, we, we miss the smaller things and the gifts in life that are there for, for us to really enjoy and to share in with other people. And so um, that's really important for me. And that's one of the ways that my company and ministry I'm involved with has really shaped me uh, to that end. Because I, I can tell, okay, if I'm not having much fun and I'm not really being helpful, that, that that's a good indicator on the dashboard of life, if you will, uh, to do some reassessment and look under the hood, if you will. That's great advice. So what do you think two of your greatest skill sets are that have helped you be successful in owning your own business? Um, I think flexibility, being willing to adjust and adapt and change have really helped me with with business. And and, and, and I'm, I, I just don't I don't get too thrown off by change. Now, I am a person of habit on certain things of, of regular rhythm of life. But when it comes to business, I understand things are radically and, and quickly, rapidly changing uh, when it comes, especially in the publishing world. And if you don't stay flexible, you're going to fall behind. And and so I think that helps me. And, and number two is I like to be a creator of problem solver, which goes along with flexibility. You know, I was I was uh, recently reading a book and the author was talking about the importance of knowing the table you're sitting at for your business and realizing when you need to shift gears and go sit at another table. Um, and he was using a, a poker metaphor. Um, but ultimately, it's one of those things where you, you've got to understand what's going on. You've got to make sure that you're connecting with your target audience. And if, if you're not doing those things and it's not coming through, you can't be afraid to reevaluate and change. And I think those two things have really helped me greatly uh, in leading my company. Well, that is great. So now let's talk about one of your most outstanding accomplishments or something that's super meaningful for you. Yeah, okay. Well, um, I, I was thinking about that for some time. I had another interviewer a while back ask me that question. And, and I would have to say, one of the hardest things I've ever done in my life is get married to another human being and um, realize how substantially selfish I am. Because when you're dating Belinda, you know, you can go and, you know, put on your put your best foot forward and all that. But then I tell people dating is kind of like marketing. But when you actually get married, then that person knows the ins and outs and everything else. And so I think the, the marriage that Stephanie, my wife and I have, um, we've been together uh, since high school, so 22 years, and have been married almost 17 years. And I would say that we're happier and more satisfied and more in, uh, and more helpful to each other now uh, than we were even two years ago. And at the end of the day, what I think about is, you know, who's going to be surrounding my my deathbed, and in you know, will I be able to look at them and say I've loved them well? And so, trying to keep those meaningful relationships at the forefront are, are extremely difficult, as you understand, um, as an entrepreneur and as a pastor, um, but that's something worth fighting for, I found, um, in, in really maintaining those meaningful relationships. I think it's, um, it is definitely worth fighting for on a constant basis, but I think it's the people that we are the closest to 
that we end up taking for granted. So we always say, okay, they'll, they'll be fine because they love us or they understand us or they know it's for something I have to do right now. And, um, I would say years ago that I constantly was living for down the road. I'm doing all of this today because of our future. And I, the big shift for me, um, and it's been gradual, but it's, it's, and it's still working its way. Like you said, even the last two years of coming full circle is, um, what if tomorrow wasn't here? What if the future wasn't here? What am I doing today to show these people that I care? I love them. I'm present. I'm, you know, fully want to be create the memories today that are important that last. And I think that I'm not unique. I don't think I'm unique in that. I think that we, the people that we love the most are the people we take for granted the most. Absolutely. I think that's part of our nature where the safest places we feel are the ones that we take for granted the most because they don't, at least it doesn't feel like require as much and therefore they'll, they'll be consistent in there. And I think that's one of the greatest mistakes that I know I've made, um, and, uh, in taking those things for granted. And I think it's always good to have, um, some friends in the community around you that remind you that relationships are so deeply important. Um, and it's super easy to get focused on the tasks and get caught up in transaction rather than coming and relating with one another. And, and so the more I think we can focus on that and having those meaningful relationships, the more joy we'll have in our work and the people we help and and the the way that we create I think will all come together in a very healthy way that is great so then tell us about an obstacle or challenge that you faced and then how you worked through that yeah so um, <laughs> business as you know is uh, it's not a and always it's not always a docile uh, beast, if you will. And, um, and so, uh, if, if things would just work out the way I think they should, then things would be much easier. And so, um, one of the things I didn't calculate in taking, um, into account for a growing book publishing company is the issue of scalability on cash flow and production of projects as they come in. And so having to think through creative ways to raise capital and get funding without having to forfeit much, if any equity was something that we recently had to think through and work through. And uh, I've, I've been blown away by the way people have come around and helped us think through, okay, scalability, because I read a, read a book in 2015 that talked about scaling your business. And the author said that it takes just as much work, just different work to scale your business 10x than it does 2x. Uh, the problem with scaling only 2x is that it just creates more work for you to have to do. 10x forces you to scale and to build out your your business differently where it's not so owner centric. And so um, we were taking steps towards that end and it was working. Um, but in book publishing, you know, books that go through distribution, you have a 90 day delay between when the book sells and when you actually get paid for it and then other production costs and errors. And and so that was a, a big obstacle for us in, in learning for me on business finance um, that, uh, you know, we worked diligently at and worked out some funding solutions and are still working towards some longer term funding solutions so that we're able to scale. I mean, we've already scaled almost 5x since 2014, and um, which is great, but we're, we're hoping um, that at our current pace that uh, by next year, profitability uh, will be a constant for us. Uh, and so we're learning a ton. We're creating new products, you know, helping authors, meeting them where they are, helping them develop a speaking platform and how to start speaking. Since my past, you know, I, I used to speak 100 
120 days a year on the road. And so I know a whole lot about the speaking business. So we're working through that as well. And so innovation and uh, business finance have been a huge obstacle of learning for me. A great opportunity, some person to come up with some creative ways to help people while generating revenue. That's great. So let's talk about working from your happy place. You know, that's our name of the show. And and it's funny because um, yeah, different people's interpretation of that is incredible always. And sure, so, but absolutely. I'd love to know what that, what does that mean to you working from your happy place? Meaningful work would would really be the the boiling down of it. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if you're familiar with a personality assessment called the Enneagram, um, but no. it's a wonderful tool that's gaining in popularity. Um, and uh, a high three on there, which is an effective person. And my wing uh, personality type is a loving or caring person, uh, which keeps me from being a tyrant, apparently. Um, and I think I think my coworkers would agree with that, my, my team. But what it does is, um, with that in mind, it, it, um, I, I don't like wasting time. Uh, and as I get older, I have a better gauge on what is wasting of time and what's not. And so part of uh, growth, personal growth as a leader is understanding that for me, just because I believe it's a waste of time, I need to gain understanding of how it's helping other people. And if it's helpful to my team for me to endure some things that I, I don't feel particularly gifted at, uh, then I endure that. So part of my happy place is, am I, am I using my time well? Um, am I helping um, move the ball forward? Am I exercising patience and grace when it's not? Um, being able to be highly productive yet um, remain socially and contextually aware is really a happy place for me. It's, you know, the concept, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the concept called flow, but it's that state of, of work where things are just coming naturally to you and it's working itself out. And so I think as you, you grow an intentional practice of, of the skills you're utilizing and then able to use them um, more, with more frequency, uh, it produces this, this state of flow that for me, that's my happy spot. Earlier this, this morning, I was working for a little bit on creating some resources for some of our authors who are wanting to start a speaking enterprise along with their books. And for me, I had just taken for granted all the stuff I knew. So I started putting a few things together and then posting it to a private Facebook group we have for our authors. And they were just eating it up. And for me, I was like, doesn't everybody know this? And right. uh, but when I was when I was developing those resources, that was just a moment of flow. That was a happy place. I was building content that would be useful for others that could help build what I am endeavoring to build with our publishing company, Lucid Books, and our speaking bureau that's going to be called Lucid Speaks. And so those are the places with my happy spot. As a pastor, I was counseling a teenage boy the other day, and he's just dealing with how to get along with his parents and issues of forgiveness and dealing with first loves and being able to utilize the wisdom that I've gained over life, uh, over the term of my life so far, and sharing that with others is also a sweet spot for me um, and, and really being able to help other people. That is great. Now, two things. Flow, that's that's the title of a book. Is that what yes. you're referring to? Yes. yes. That book, Flow, and then the book, Grit, are both, I think, helpful resources in the two of those. And then I would say the book, um, uh, The Power of Habit, uh, would be the trifecta if you're looking through working towards finding a happier place and getting that place of work. Because uh, the book uh, Grit speaks to and refers often to the work of flow as well. Okay, perfect. Are they by the same author or no? No, they're different authors. Uh, okay. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but the book Sorry. Flow. That's no, okay. The book uh, Grit and then the book The Power of Habit. 
uh, I heard, I believe it was Dan Sullivan, who's a marketing guy and business coach. He said, um, people always talk about wanting and needing more discipline, but the fact is we are 100% disciplined to our current habits. And so if you start thinking through, okay, um, if I'm unhappy and deconstructing that a little bit in my work, then you start thinking through habits, you start thinking through passion, you start thinking through practicing. Uh, and I think those three books really would help many people get an appropriate expectation around passion and habits and uh, things like that. And I think produce a more productive work and more satisfying work. That's great. And can you just say what the assessment was again? Because I wasn't familiar with it. Yes. And then that would be sure. helpful to our listeners, I think. Absolutely. You can find it, I believe, online. One one person offers it for like $10, but it's the Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, as in Michael, Enneagram. Okay. Um, and there's, you know, there's a few books and resources on it, but I highly recommend that one. And another thing that helped me find my happy place in working was the Colby Index, K-O-L-B-E, Index A. The interesting thing about that, and just so you know, I have an undergrad degree in psychology, so that qualifies me to get a master's degree or be a greeter at Walmart. So I'm not coming with any authority here, <laughs> uh, but I am fascinated by how, how we work. And what I love about the Colby Index is it's a cognitive, C-O-N-A-T-I-V-E, assessment on how we do what we do. Cognitive is how we think. Cognitive is how we function and, and exercise what we're thinking. And so I, uh, I, I, I took it's fifty dollars. I think I took a Colby index a while back, and it made me just feel more comfortable in my skin, knowing how I work. And so, for instance, when I prepare a sermon, I, I work on Tuesday mornings and get it to an outline finish and get it to about 85 percent. And then I know that. Some people call it procrastination, but I call it uh, I call it pressure cooking or crock potting. Um, and then I know I wake up early on Sunday morning and uh, sit with it some more. And throughout the week, I'll add ideas, but I'll finalize it early Sunday morning. And if I don't have time or I'm sick or something like that, then it's far enough along that I could, you know, could preach it. But the final knowing how I think and work now, I don't have stress leading up to it any longer. I'm comfortable with the fact that my good stuff comes out at the end also. And so those are some ways that I try to lean into and leverage how God's wired me uh, for more effective work. That is great. So let's share with some others, like what advice would you give to those who want to be entrepreneurs or want to start in this journey of having their own business? Run, run as fast as you can. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I would say, uh, see if the idea sticks. Um, because one of the things that I've learned is if, if you're not loving the idea long-term, it's going to be very difficult to ride out the storm. Um, and, and I think Simon Sinek in his book, start with why offers mm -hmm. a really helpful, um, beginning of, okay, why am I doing this? And I think a most, um, the most frustrating reason entrepreneurs end up in, in starting a business is because they want more money. Money is, in, in, is a byproduct of the passion. But if that's the only goal, it's you're either going to burn out or not scale up or take advantage of your customers. And it's really short sighted, I think. Now, I would say the number one reason I found that entrepreneurship really is a calling is there's this deep, innate desire for freedom. That doesn't mean absolute anarchy. What it means, though, is that there's something within a person that wants to create and also dictate a different type of lifestyle from the nine to five. 
I think, a, an, a, a biblical um, idea, it really comes from a Hebrew uh, mindset, is the idea of an overflowing cup. That we, The reason we were entrepreneurs is we, cre- we create an environment to be a blessing to the community and to create jobs for others. Um, and so I think there, there's many different reasons of the why, but, but I'd really nail down the why. I think a lot of people believe that, okay, I'm I'm going to save up three months salary and I've got a really great idea that I haven't tested and then I'm just going to jump off the cliff. Um, some people do that and that's great. I just don't think that necessarily has to be done that way. I think you can test your product, you can do research, you can try some things. And then as you grow, as the demand for your new business or enterprise grows, you're then able to free yourself up from the grind of the nine to five. Uh, I think we often think either or, um, but I have a tendency to try to explore both. So yes, I own a publishing company, I've built a great team there, but I also lead a growing church and as a lead pastor, but what I really do is lean into my strengths and then I outsource or hire out my weaknesses as soon as I can afford to. That's great advice. So tell us, in closing, some new and exciting things that you're working on, and then share with others how they can find you. Absolutely. So Lucid Books, like I said, is a partnership publishing company. We love coming alongside authors who are on a mission um, and want to grow uh, their platform for speaking or business or consulting or coaching or ministry. And we are creating a new speakers bureau where I'm helping uh, provide a lot of do-it-yourself type of tips on how someone can build a speaking platform. We're launching a uh, workshop uh, this week, the Write Your Book workshop that uh, we'll be launching um, and we'll be probably hosting that a few times each year. And that'll be really helpful. We're trying to help people tell their story and and write their books and resources. And then you can visit and learn more about what we do at lucidbookspublishing.com. That's L-U-C-I-D bookspublishing.com. And uh, yeah, you can, we have some free resources on there. You can get writing tips checklist. We have our partnership publishing guide, which explains what partnership publishing is. And uh, I, I encourage leaders to find us there. I'm on Twitter at Casey Cease. I have Facebook. I have a fan page. My personal friend page is almost full. And so I have a fan page as well. And I love to connect with people and help. And I'm also available on LinkedIn as well. So there's plenty of ways that we can connect online. You can also visit CaseyCease.com. I promise I am going to start blogging again soon, but I've been working so hard to uh, build out things for our authors and our speakers that we're going to be working with that I haven't had time to do that. So big platform, no, no, I tend to, rem- I, I commit to remedying that soon. Very good. Sometimes it's difficult to do it all, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Well, it has just been a delight having you on the show today, and I appreciate you sharing your story and your expertise. It's been some really great sound advice, and there were so many great nuggets in there. I hope people will go back and really pay attention to those because they were the tiny little things, I think, that you said that there were just some really great nuggets of advice. So I appreciate your time, and I appreciate your just giving back to people in the community. And boy, all those years ago, your life could have really had choices of going in many different directions. And it seems like you've done uh, miraculous things with others in, in making those right choices. Well, Belinda, it's a joy and I, it's an honor to be on your show and I'd love to do it again sometime. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us at Work From Your Happy Place. If you like what you hear, please share it with your friends and be sure to rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher. For a free gift on finding your own happy place, please visit workfromyourhappyplace.com and click on the free audio button. Thanks again for listening.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.